One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. May I ask you a question? Have you ever yearned for a timeout? Or looked forward to some days off or a holiday knowing that a little time to yourself is just what you need to get back to your factory settings. The reason I ask is because joining me in this episode of the Beauty Podcast is Alexia Hargrave and if a reboot is what you're after she may just have the answer. Now I spent an afternoon with Alexia and she is one of those people that you just kind of want to tether yourself to because you're going to have a good time. She's fun, she's wise, and you just have a giggle. And she's done so much in her career. She spent 13 years at Virgin. For seven of those years, she was Richard Branson's PA. And she moved into special events and projects. Then she went out on her own and she started Alexia and Sons, her own events company. And from that, she has started Space. And that's where this whole reboot comes in because Space is a retreat described as a place to rediscover the best version of you. Now, I've had a little nosy on her website and testimonials include the likes of one guest saying, it's difficult to put into words how incredible Space is. I feel completely refreshed, positive and healthy, both in mind and body. Another writes, I went to Space thinking I needed some space to get away from it all. Then I encountered a community of substantive friends who inspired me to reconnect with the world and myself, and I've been smiling ever since. So perhaps it's less about getting back to those factory settings and more about cleaning up sort of bugs and viruses that have got into your hard drive, and perhaps even coming away with a shiny new software update. Like I said, I spent an afternoon with Alexia and came away feeling incredibly positive and calm, and that was just with a green tea on the sofa in her living room, so goodness knows what a week of rest and relaxation on her watch feels like. In this episode, she tells me all about space, which just sounds incredible. Plus, we talk about achieving success against the odds, the value of emotional intelligence, living in the moment, believing in yourself, and the importance of not taking life too seriously. We also share stories of meditation, using fear as a reason to do something rather than a reason not to do it, and not sweating the small stuff. All the details about space and Alexia and Sons will be in the show notes on emmagunawardner.com and on iTunes. So without any further ado, here is the beauty podcast with me, Emma G, featuring Alexia Hargrave. Alexia Hargrave. Thank hello, you yes. So much. But hello, yes. I love that. <laughs> yes, I it's am. very efficient. You're sort of Hyacinth Bouquet style. I do model myself on Hyacinth Bouquet. You could do a lot worse. I could. You're really good. Thank you very much for having me in your beautiful home. I've You're welcome. Um, uh, already been, I've just been fawning over all of your interiors. 
I do like a lady who can place a, a fairy light. Listen, well, my life without fairy lights wouldn't be a life worth living. It wouldn't. I love them. Love them. I do. <laughs> and we're here today to talk about all sorts of things. You are a very inspirational lady, a strong businesswoman, um, <laughs> but I can also already tell quite a giggle, so I'm excited about this. So um, I found out about you quite recently in the uh, about space. Yes. So explain to me what space is. Well, I would say space is very much uh, a labour of love. I think, um, for me, I know it sounds cheesy, but one of the things I love in life is seeing somebody reach their best potential or be really happy. It's just something very Walt Disney about me, I suppose, but I just love it, and, and I love that romance in it. And I would say two years ago, or was it a year? No, a year ago, I was at cross, crossroads in my life. There'd been a few things happen, and I wanted to... I knew there was something happening, this happens quite a lot with me, where there's something inside that I was like, something's going to happen or I need to do something different, but I can't figure out what that is. And we've got Alexium and Sons, which is the uh, event company business, which we love, but mm. I knew that there was something else in there that I needed to fulfil, you know, within mm. me that was, was doing something else. And so I actually downed tools for probably about three or four weeks and literally stopped so I could just be. And I did nothing in terms of work. All I did was see, surround myself with people that I loved. I did the things that I loved, all in London. I didn't go anywhere. And I did stuff that I loved, like Pilates, and went for dinner with friends, got pretty drunk, you know, had great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Read loads of books. And just really centred myself. Mm. And from that, I was like, this is such a good practice if mm. everyone was able to do this, where they could just stop for a moment in their lives and just kind of go, who am I? What makes me happy? What feeds my soul? What is it that I really want to do? And then try and make steps to do that. It would be such a great thing to do. And then from that, space was born. Mm. So the concept of space is a is a week away from your life and so we have everything there so we have um, personal training we have amazing massages by Lucy Annabella who I'm completely in love with both the brand and Colleen and um, we have yoga Pilates and we have the best of the best in all of those kind of trainers we have tennis and we don't actually drink any booze which is surprising for (laughs) me Um, because when you drink alcohol, it can cloud where you are in your process. Mm. And so it just gives you that freedom. And it just helps you to have more clarity. And the food is super healthy. So we take away those things that are also kind of fog you up a little mm-hmm. bit. And, and, and things that kind of affect your digestive system. So sugar, gluten, red meat, um, and cow's dairy as well. And the food is delicious because I love food, so it has to be. Um, and we have a fantastic chef who works really hard on making the food adventurous, which is which is great. And it, the whole programme is about you, so you choose what you want to do. So, for instance, we had a couple of people that came to Anguilla, where we did our first space in February, and they were just exhausted. They walked into the place, and they, it looked like they hadn't slept for, like, 
three weeks, four weeks, probably more, they were just drained. And for the first two days, they just stayed in bed. And we just took the food to them. They had the massages. Um, and we just nurtured them. Mm. And then eventually they kind of crept out of bed and they started exercising and joining all the hit classes and training with Matt, Matt and Sean and playing tennis. And they started to become alive. And when they left, you know, they were like high kicking out of the place and having a wonderful time. And the great thing is, is you think that taking away alcohol, people aren't going to have as much fun. Mm. But they do. They really, really connect. And we laughed so much. There was great relationships formed and great friendships formed. And it was actually beyond anything I could have imagined. Mm. It was incredible. Yeah, it was kind of beyond me, I think, what happened. You used a lovely expression when you said, when you talked about when you'd done tools for three to four weeks. Yeah. You said, just to be. Yeah. And I think that relates so... Um, acutely to what you just said about alcohol as well of just no outside influences just yeah just to be yeah and I think if you know if there's some fantastic retreats out there and some of them are boot camps and some of them are yoga and you stick to a program and da, 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 and that is also can also put pressure on mm. you sometimes you just want to kind of go I just want to be me I just want to be and I want to do and select and sit and read a book on a beach mm. in this beautiful space and that's why we're really careful about where we choose the spaces um, they have to be in nature they obviously have to be exclusive and something really really special and that's mm. why we're doing our next one on Mosquito Island because it is a very very rare and exclusive op- op- exclusive opportunity and um, we're really chuffed to bits that we're doing it there because it's a very special place um, what was it about what was going on with you that got you to a place where when you took those three to four weeks, you intuitively came up with this? It kind of feels when I'm in that stage, because it's happened before, it happened when I set up Alexia and Sons. You know, in, I'm lucky enough that I'm really self-indulgent, so I've done quite a lot of work on myself um, in the nicest possible way. Um, and... I kind of start to know my energy is a little bit different. Like, mm. um, I start to feel a bit itchy and I start to kind of feel a bit not myself. Like mm. I probably get aggravated quite quickly about things and I, it's just like a pull. I'm like, there's something, there's something else there, there's something else there. Mm. Um, and I, I knew that I had to kind of stop what I was doing and really rethink where I was going. Because I didn't want to just... That's something that you can do in life. You just you just fall into life. Mm. You just go, oh, I'm just do this every day and this every day, and you and you lead a life of patterns and conditioning that your real self, your your true self, probably doesn't want to do. You're just running like the rat race or whatever mm. it may be, and you're like, actually, am I living a life that I told myself I wouldn't when I was a child? And so being able to go back to that mm. occasionally and being brave enough to do that, I think is really important. When you say you listen to yourself, because I'm very interested in this, because <laughs> I think it's absolutely right, I think, I think we almost spend so much time dulling our natural instincts yeah. that we don't always do mm. the things that will make us happy. Do you remember the first time, or how that first came to be a feeling of, this isn't just me, sort of, I've had too much sugar, this is, some, this is something deeper than that? Oh, God, yeah. I think I was like that. I think mum, mum used the phrase when I was young that it was something like when, when Alexia was 
you know, little girl, when everyone was zigging, she'd be zagging. Because mm-hmm. I always used to ask questions like, why, do, why does everybody follow the same suit? Like, why do you get married at this age? And why mm-hmm. do you have children at this age? And why do we have to go to this school? And why, you know, and it's just because we do. But why? Because mm-hmm. everybody's individual. And I think that I was, I was a big dreamer at school and, and a teacher said to me once, oh, you're just a dreamer. And I'm so glad that she said that because she was so right and I'm really pleased that I was mm. because I allowed myself to dream and dream big so that I would follow that. And I think I made, I possibly made, you know, talking about, talking about it with you, I think I made uh, a subconscious deal with myself that because I didn't do well in school, that I was going to really strive. Mm. And life is for living. And, um, you, you know, one day we all know that we're going to die, so you might as well make the most of it. And so I've really, in the most almighty fearing moments where I've just wanted to kind of go, this is too much. It's like the biggest adrenaline sport I've ever been on. Launching my business, going into different things going into Richard's office when I'd got no qualifications, all these different things, I was like, I have to fight this fear. I have to. Mm-hmm. Because I know that it's easy to kind of say to fear, okay, you've won. I feel so much more comfortable um, not addressing you. I'm just going to sit in my comfy slippers and lead mm-hmm. a life that, a non-extraordinary life, when I know that there's an extraordinary life in there for everybody. And so I fight it. And I just, you know, I give my mum... I think a heart attack every <laughs> month when I keep telling her my new ventures. But I think that it, it's great if you if you can try and fight that fear, which is quite hard sometimes. I had a brilliant quote about fear recently, and it was actually from the actor Jamie Foxx. And he said, what's on the other side of fear? If you can tell me and it's horrible, then yeah, be afraid of it, but you can't tell me, so no. yeah. take that leap. <laughs> yeah, and it's true, and it, and it holds so many people back. And you know, I think when I set up Alexium and Sons, it was right in the middle of the recession. And um, I was leaving Virgin, which had been my home for 13 years. It was my university. I'd learned so much. I'd had great experiences. And um, people that I loved and formed great relationships with. And Because at the beginning of your career, you were, were you Richard Branson's PA? I was Richard Branson's PA. I did lots of things in, in my hometown, Leicester. Yay, Leicester City Football. Um, and, um, and then I moved to London and worked at, at, to work for Virgin at the time. It was Virgin Brides. And then I moved... It's quite an extraordinary story because um, I'd got to know the people in Richard Branson's office and, and great friends in his press office and we'd go to parties together and everything was launching Virgin Radio and... I think at the time I didn't realise what a wonderful group of people they were and how lucky I was to connect with them. Mm. And um, Saskia, who was Richard's main PA at the time, um, we were at a party and I said I was leaving Virgin Bride and she said, and and, I, and they were like, oh, what a shame to lose you at Virgin type thing. I wonder if there's anything else we can move you into. And Saskia, Richard's PA at the time, which I'll always be very grateful to her for, she um, she rang me. And said, how would you like to come in to Richard's office and, and for like three months and, you know, like just help us out like an office assistant? And I was like, oh, but that's, that would be amazing, but I can't turn a computer on and, I, you know, I can't spell and I'm terrible <laughs> at um, 
writing letters so or basically yourself. anything. I saw myself really well, basically. <laughs> and she was like, it doesn't matter, we'll teach you, come in, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun. And, and she believed in me. And, um, and from that, I was then in his office for seven years with these wonderful women. And obviously I was like a sponge. I learned mm. so much from Richard and from, from the girls there and from everybody at Virgin. It was my university and it was possibly the best university I could have ever had. Because I think quite so. long in thirteen years, yeah. but it was a good one. Yeah. When you um, when you're not very good at school, and I can relate, um, <laughs> it's almost like you kind. There's an unwritten thing of you have slightly been written off a bit. Yeah. Or the oh dear, well you're you're a little bit behind those people who are going to university and who are doing really yeah. well. And I think you can wear that. But yeah. what I definitely was the case for me, as soon as I hit journalism, as soon as I was actually writing for a newspaper, you know, my local newspaper, I didn't care. My work ethic was just, I'll stay up all night. Yes, yeah. It doesn't, I want to know everything. I want to know how that printer works. I want to know, we just had to know everything. And it sounds like that was completely the same. I was like a sponge. And because I just realised more and more about myself and I was, I'm not going to let these opportunities, you know, I'm not going to let them just fall by. Mm. I'm like, if I'm in a situation, I'll look at something and go, and then what that and how can I help that person and what can I learn from this and you know what could could you know how could I evolve in this situation or what you know I just I suppose I just kind of look at the smorgasbord of life and, mm. and think where can I go with it what can I do how can I push the boundaries and really live a life that feels right to me rather than what someone else mm. wants me or what society wants me to live I just kind of really try and live a life that feels right to me and I and try and help others do the same in that process it sounds like it what was the um what do you think the biggest thing was from that 13 year university that you came out with that you know every day is good yeah for you there's so much I mean from from Richard himself, I would say the biggest thing I learned from Richard was the power of positivity and to be kind. Mm. You know, he's he's kind and he's very positive. Um, and, you know, everybody around you that is working with you, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, from on what level they are um, or whether they're the receptionist or whether they're a CEO or whether you know, somebody that comes in and, you know, tidies your desk for you every day and that they're all human beings too and they're all on a journey together and they're all trying to achieve their lives and they all deserve respect. Mm. And they also have fantastic opinions. And so to listen to all the people that are around you and kind of move together as a team, I suppose. And that also informs, I know you said it, and it's a phrase that seems like I keep hearing at the moment of working on myself. Mm. Um that informs a lot of that because you have to kind of know who you are mm. and your value system in order to be able to yeah. give the best out to other people. Yeah, and I think one of the <clears throat> where I think we get confused is there's a big difference from putting yourself first and being selfish. Mm. And I think that's another thing so true. which I love about space because if you are not your best, ver- if I'm not the best, if I'm not the best Alexia, if I'm grumpy mm. or if I'm tired or if I've not made that time for myself even if it's five minutes a day just to kind of go hello me how are you Mm -hmm. what are you trying to process 
Are you all right? Have you got a hangover? You know, <laughs> are you hungry? All these different things. If you don't have that time to kind of reset, you are not the best version to anyone else in your, mm. in your world. So to your partner, to your children, to your work, to the man on the street, somebody serving you coffee. Mm. And you don't want to be that. It doesn't make you feel good when you don't feel, when you're not nice to other people. Well, mm. it doesn't mean... You know, and yeah. you're not going to get the best results. You won't get the best results for your team. You're not going to get the best results for your family. And essentially, as human beings, we all want thing, and that's love and time. So if you need to kind of do that to yourself before you can give it to someone else, I suppose. That's true. There is a big distinction, as you say, between being selfish and putting mm. yourself first. I think girls struggle with it quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they do. Because as, as women, we're born to nurture and nurture with the people and so we always want to you know help each other out or you know are you all right are you all right are you all right which is a wonderful thing mm. you know it's a beautiful thing that we have but sometimes you need to kind of take stock and go okay I just need like I say five minutes yes. where you can just kind of realign and just kind of breathe yes this is very true now, one thing when I was looking into your story, a word that came up and I said this to you just before we started recording, and it's because it's one of my favourite words because it's really powerful, is, um, and you said you've had a lot of them, is epiphanies. Yes. So was there an epiphany? Um, well, there was, wasn't there? Because you left after 13 years to yeah. start your own business. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, I, it's, it was funny, a year before I left, I started to think, okay, so I've got this... When I left, I was the group event manager and was working with all the Virgin companies worldwide, doing amazing things. I was working with The Elders, which is um, an incredible initiative that Virgin Unite put together. And um, Jean Olwang, who's another one of my great mentors, who um, was a CEO of Virgin Unite, asked me to kind of do the events with The Elders. And that's like Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu... Mary Robinson, President Carter, and work with these incredible people, which is an initiative that Richard and Peter Gabriel put together, which was as the world gets small, smaller, mm. we should have global <clears throat> leaders, um, global elders, sorry, and so therefore the elders was born. I'm kind of putting it in a very small nutshell <laughs> for the interview's sake. And I was doing all these incredible, incredible things, and I, and me being me, which I kind, I kind of get annoyed with myself sometimes, I was like, what next? What, what's next for me, you know, where do I go? And so I just kind of, you know, it was in the back of my mind. And then the, um, the economic downturn came and, uh, you know, it, it put the fear in all the companies, quite rightly so, and everybody was restructuring and Virgin were, were doing the same. And I was like, if I were them, I would put my job at risk because... I'm the group events manager and the first thing to do is events because people can't afford it. Mm. So I was like, that's what I would do. So I kind of already knew that my job would be put at risk, but I encouraged it to be put at risk because I knew then I didn't have to make a decision. Mm. So I kind of went to, you know, my wonderful friend and I manager, Catherine, at the time and just said, I know my job's going to be put at risk. Can you make sure that they do and they don't try and keep me because... I need to go. And we had this great... It was the best exit I could have had with Virgin because they were so great with me and I was so great with them. It was like a mutual understanding. I was like, I just need to... I need to fly. And 
I just realised at that time that not everything that happened, that I could have taken that. I'm being made redundant, this is a nightmare, and this is going to be like the worst thing that could happen to me, and I'm leaving all of this fantastic thing that's in my life. And I was like, this is a fantastic opportunity. And that just happened, that just happened. Yeah. The normal normal response is to go, oh, no, and fight and think. I didn't. I was like, oh, yes. Because I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna stay at Virgin for the rest of my life. I I got stuff to do. <laughs> I t- I needed to get out in the world. So, you know, it was kind of. Uh, it was they recognised that I needed to be like fly, and I needed to fly. Um, and it, and I suppose that's your mental attitude. You could, you, and it's conditioning. Mm. So you can either say this is a fantastic opportunity, or oh no, my world's going to end. And I had the almighty fear, I can't even tell you, I was so petrified, I was so, so scared. But I knew, I was like, what's the worst thing that can happen to me? And I was like, I have to move in with mum and get a temp job. And that, I mean, there's people in the world that Mm. don't eat every day. I was like, get on with it, Alexia, you know, just move forward. And, And so I did, and it was fantastic, and Virgin hired me back, and I did some events for them, still do. Richard hired me back, you know, I've done Holly's wedding, Sam's wedding, you know, and, it, and I think it's your attitude and the understanding, I got it, mm. I got it, it was like, well, I would do the same thing, of course. It's kind so, of... when you left, was Alexia and Sons already a fully formed? Yeah, I, I started to kind of work on, I was just like, okay, I need to work on something else, so I did start working on setting up my business while I was still there for about a month because I knew I was leaving so no conflict no no, no conflict <laughs> no um they were very happy for me they were very happy for me and and we've still got a fantastic relationship which is you know the best thing and so Alexia son and, and sons is events yes we do kind of high profile events yeah and and sons s-u-n-s I love that it's a spin my friend Damien named it because we were you know, how in the pub, just as we after work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is that what you're going to call the company? I said, I don't know. I want to call it something British, like, I don't know, Alexia and Sons, but I haven't got any children. He said, what about Alexia and Sons? And I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. And I think he was joking, <laughs> but I just went with it because I thought it was great. So It seems really happy and positive as well, Alexia and Sons. Yeah, and it's great because a lot of the stuff we do is in the sunshine. Mm. So. Now, that was a good idea. Yes. That was a really good idea. I'm going to start my own business, and it's going to involve a lot of travel to really hot places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I did there, brilliant. Um, what kind of, what's your favourite event that you've ever done? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the events I learned from, I mean, working, you know, with Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu and President Carter and Mary Robinson... And all the people involved in the elders was very poignant for me. Mm. I saw people talk about conflict resolution, horrific things that were happening in the world, and they're all different religions, all different way, um, all different um, upbringings. Obviously, from all all around the world, they're incredibly wise, compassionate, extraordinary people. And they would listen to each other and they would learn from each other and they'd cry together and laugh together. And the way that they care about people and the planet 
I can't I can't put it into words it it was it's just been one of the most extraordinary things being around those people for those I can't remember four years or so it was just extraordinary did that open you up to some of the working on yourself elements oh gosh yeah I mean yeah I mean you can't go along in life and not learn from the different experiences and the different people that you're with and that's the great thing about human nature you know we do learn from each other but for them yeah I mean never to judge to love to help other people to take care of the planet and you know I don't know it's it's so hard to put into words mm. the experience it's just there's just so much it just my heart was the size of possibly a mango <laughs> and then working with the elders it's now the size of a huge pumpkin I would say it kind of really made me <laughs> expand my eternal organs are now fruits it seems but yeah <laughs> seasonal seasonal sorry um but no it was it was fantastic so that was yeah incredible experience that yeah beyond me and and for me as well that that doesn't have any you know, I don't have any qualifications um, to then, it just, it made me realise that it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what your education is, you don't know what's going to happen in your life. So to, to dream, to try and find that place inside you that you've always known ever since you were a little kid, that is a dream and that thing that you know is you, is if you can follow that, it can take you to extraordinary places. And so that's what I did. And through all of the stuff, and that, believe me, there has been shit in my life, mm. through all of that, I've just really tried to dig deep and find that and follow that as, as, as much as I can. So that was incredible. There's been lots mm. of incredible things that happened. Very, very lucky and very grateful. But that was incredible. And I think, you know, all of the events we've done are incredible. And the more creative the better, I would say. Yeah, so having worked on a magazine where we covered lots of high-profile events, mm. I would say they are they can be occasions of high emotion. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a very PC yeah. way of describing. Yeah. And one in your position has to be the swan. Yeah. So it's all gliding beautifully yeah. and it's all happening on yeah. the surface. Smile and wave. <laughs> Smile and wave. Um, yeah, they are because, you know... Events can be stressful, mm. and you know when I have an Ali Crook is, is is our chief son, who basically she runs all of the events. She's like my right arm. She's incredible, and you know we talk together when we're briefing the teams, and we'll say this isn't about us. Mm. This a four day event, which a lot of them are, aren't about us. They're about the clients. They're the people that they're. You know we talk about the psychology of the event, what people are experiencing, the journey that they go through how they're going to be feeling. Mm. And we just say, we've just got to park ourselves for four days, work as hard as we can for everybody else, and then afterwards we can like chill and drink champagne and have a nice time. But that four days is mm. the client's four days and it's the people that's there four days. Are and you that's quite intuitive? Yes, I would say I'm quite intuitive. And do you think that helps you be better at your job? Yes. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not the most academic person, but I'm... I would say I'm highly emotionally intelligent and so that you can start to you feel how the event's going to be and you mm. feel the, about the people around you um, 
and that and that's really important one of my pet hates is going to event and knowing and the, you know the people that are running it are running around with clipboards and they're like really stressed it sets the tone for everybody else that's there mm. and I think one of the biggest compliments I ever had was at Holly Branson's wedding um uh, a, f- a friend a now friend oh no he um he said to me afterwards and I met him I met him at that wedding he said do you know what? I didn't even know that you were running an event. I thought you were just the guest. <laughs> because it was just like we're in it together. So we set the tone of the people that are running it. So it's really, really important to look like you're loving it. Yeah. Usually we are because we do love what we do. But even if you're not and you're really stressed and there's been 78 million things go wrong in the day, it's to kind of look like you are enjoying it and being in control of it and mm. making it run smoothly and finding that place inside you that's like, well, it's fine. It's going as it should be. And then go to your hotel room and... Yeah. Yeah. Hide in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> when, when one is highly emotionally intelligent, they are quite intuitive and they can read the vibe mm. without anyone saying any words or anything. If you do get a sort of negative or you just feel like, oh, this doesn't feel quite good, how do you control that? How do you then try and shift it into a more positive place? Give me an example. Um, well, you said that you can feel the energy, you can feel whether mm. something's, uh, someone's happy or mm. if they're enjoying themselves. If you just feel that it just doesn't feel right to you and it's your early warning system, mm. what would you potentially do? Well, if the, if the general vibe's not right, there's, there's the basics. You've got to make sure that everyone's got food and water <laughs> um, and, and the music's fine and you, you just gotta you just gotta suss the environment really quickly and see how you can mm-hmm. change it can be anything like lighting or whatever if it's somebody um you're just gonna have a conversation with them how are you doing can i get you anything do you need anything you know pay them attention mm-hmm. so you say love and time yeah love and time Isn't yeah that interesting and it can just yeah. immediately because the, 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 the reaction is if someone looks a bit grumpy is you don't want to confront them because you you don't want to confront anyone that's grumpy, right? Mm. But in fact, what they're probably grumpy about is because they're not, they've not had something that's fulfilled them that day or whatever. Mm. And so if you go up to them and say, hey, how are you doing? Can we get you a drink or some food or, you know, you know how, how are you? You know, if they're rude back to you and they want to be alone or do you want to just be on your own, do you want a quiet spot? You know, if you can try and find what it is that they, they need in that mm. moment, then that's great. And if they're just generally rude, then that's their problem. Um, if someone's listening to this and they're in a similar position to you and that perhaps they hadn't been the greatest at school and they don't have the qualifications <clears throat> that they would want and they felt that it had been a barrier for them, what would be your advice? Um... I would say that to take any opportunity that feels right because even if I'd have gone and worked in a grocery store and, you know, I would have made the most of being in that grocery store. Mm -hmm. I would have made sure everything looked good. I would have been the best person I could to the customers. I would have 
done as much as I could in that position because I knew that would be a stepping stone into something else. Mm. From the grocery store, you go into that, and then you go into that. So everything in life is a stepping stone. And I think, you know, I think it's tough for people in their teens and 20s especially because there's this expectation that they must achieve in that age. Mm. And I know people in their 60s that still don't know what they want to do. And so it's like live in that moment Mm. and make the most of that moment and then use that as a stepping stone and believe in yourself because when you believe in yourself, everyone else will believe in you too. So it's just trying to get to that place and enjoying the moment that you're in at that time and then going, do you know what? I've worked in this place and what have I learned from it? What do I love about it? And where can I put that into my next move? Mm. And then go from there. And to absolutely in no way let anyone squash your dreams. Never. If somebody says to you, you are not worth it, you're not worthy, you're never going to get there, you haven't got the right qualifications... If they laugh at you, let them. Just know that you can do it. You really can do it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, where? How did you shut out the noise and, and find this, I believe in myself? Because there is noise all the time. There's noise all the time, you know, and, and I make the most crazy decisions and a lot of people think I'm absolutely insane, but a lot of people le- allow me to do that. And I think mum and dad knew when I was very young that I wasn't going to fall into a pattern of, you know, you do this at a certain age and do that at a certain age. I think that, and they allowed me to do it. You know, my mum and dad aren't together. They split up when I was 18 months old, but they they just allowed me to be me. And they, you know, the same with all of, of, of their children. But... um. And I think that's really important. I'm, and I'm very lucky to have had that. They're super supportive. They're incredible parents. And we've gone through it as a family, as all families do. We definitely have. And still now I come up with obscure things and they're like, what? And still they allow me to, to be me. And it's really important. And I think there's something inside you when someone's, when you tell somebody something, that, like an idea or something that you want to do, and they'll say, no, I mean, really, how are you going to... They will tell you all the, all the things that you already know. Mm. Always going to cost some money. You might not make it. Da, 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 da. Well, you know that because you feel that fear. Mm. And so I, I remember when I set up Alexia and Sons and my, my family were excited but also terrified because um, it was the middle of the recession. And... And I said to them, I'm doing this. And uh, I know in my heart of hearts it's the right thing to do, so I'm absolutely doing it. And I don't want to hear any negativity. I just want to hear positive things. I know that I can fail. I know that it can fall over. I know that I, you know this could happen. Da, da, da. I know all of that stuff. And that is the stuff that's stopping me. Mm. So I am battling that every single day, and I don't want anyone else to reiterate that. I only want to hear positive thoughts. That's brilliant. I only want to hear positive thoughts. And they honoured that. And so they kept their fears, which were their fears, mm. to themselves. So boundary setting yeah. was very helpful. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and it's easy, and a lot of people put their projection and their fears onto you. Mm. And it's like, can you... They're your, that's your stuff. That's yeah. not my stuff that I'm having to deal with. And 
and it's good to get good people around you where you can kind of get an objective view so mm. you will go to them and say you know Emma can you like this is what I'm this is what I'm planning to do I know this 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 and this can you give me an ev- any open advice and then they can help you mm. and it's not just all negative it's kind of constructive and you need that it, mm. and it, you need good mentors in your life to kind of help you find your way I've got loads of them and I help other people too and that's what it's about but the, when people are just like oh no my friend did that or oh no don't do that that's a da 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 or no 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 negative 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 just, just shut it out mm. There's so many podcasts now. Who's going to listen to you? Yeah, more? yeah. <laughs> don't know what the accent was. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you have it's to... It's true. Well, there's so many retreats out there. Yeah, there are. Have you researched it? Yeah, some of them. But there's a great quote that says something like... I can't remember who said it. So forgive me, whoever did. Um, but it says something like... A flowers... It might have been Buddha. But flower doesn't grow next to each other and watch each other grow and are in competition with each other. Mm. A flower just grows and blooms. Brilliant. I also heard one from Oprah recently. I love Oprah. Oh, my God. Just everything. Yeah, everything. I love her. Um, and she said that when she had her chat show, suddenly, because of the popularity of her chat show, loads of other chat shows mm. started coming into the air and her people around her were like, oh, you want to look at this one? And she said, no. If I look there to see what they're doing, I'm not moving forward. If I am looking behind me to mm. check my competition, I am slowing down my momentum. Yeah. And I believe in what I'm doing. I yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah, it is absolutely, and that's exactly how I am. Have you looked at the market? I said, well, kind of, but I don't need, I, want, I wish them well. There's amazing event companies out there, and actually I do collaborations with them. Go for it, go for your life. Mm. Enjoy what you're doing, learn from it, have fun. Do what you've got to do. But your focus is where you're going. And wish everyone else well. But you, you've got to do what is... In, you've got to do what you've got to do. Because there's always going to be many, many reasons not to do something. Oh, you, you, there's always a reason to do or not to do mm. something, right? You can always talk yourself out of it. Yeah. Completely. And so, so you have to quiet that noise. Yeah. Um, does setting that boundary of other people not... Like you say, honouring the fact you don't want to hear that. Mm. Does that help you keep it in its little box? You know it's there, mm. but does it help it keep it sort of quiet? Yeah, I think definitely. And I'm not I'm not rude to people. I just know when to listen and not to listen. Mm. And um, I actually have, you know, I don't have that many people in my life anymore that are like that. So it would be people that I don't know very well. Mm. And, you know, I'll tell them something and they'll be like, mm, well... But I'm not sure about that. But I think it's you need you need your you need your backing singers. Yes. You need your backing singers. Yeah. You can't just sing alone. You need your pips. You can't just sing alone sometimes. You need you need the people there that are are backing you up. Yeah. In your role as a mentor and of of helping people, when did that was there was there a moment where you realised it's shifted now. I'm not the mentee. I'm the mentor. Yeah, yeah, I get it all the time. Like, even I used to be PA, and now you know I have an assistant, and it's just all of those things. And you're like, wow, this is you know this is this is great. And I, but also, I laugh at myself too. 
I mean, I do. I think sometimes I'm like, who the hell do I think I am? You know, it's, it's, I try not to take life too seriously. And I have a bit of a joke. And I can't remember what the question was that you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> it was about being a mentor, I think. Okay. And just um, that thing of being in a position of someone of where you've listened to other people because you've known that they had good sense yeah. and could help you suddenly finding yourself in a position where someone's looking at you going I know that you have got great insight and can help me yeah and suddenly realizing that the things that you have learned had created you and you were now of value yeah no it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing because it's kind of paying back all the people that you know have been amazing and given me incredible opportunities um and still are giving me incredible opportunities it it just means that I can help other people do the same and you know I really check in with myself and I'm careful with the advice that I give them to make sure that it you know it, it's not going to scare them or you know it's overly optimistic or you know I try and be quite balanced mm. in, in in the advice I give and really just because I can be quite going home like just do it you know do it or <laughs> But yeah, I I love doing that. I love being able to to help do others on their on their journey. Have you always, once you've had an idea, just gone for it, just been gung ho? And has it ever? No, I've had loads of ideas that I've taken so far and gone. It doesn't feel right anymore, and then then gone back. But when I know that something feels right and it really really feels right, I will go with it. And mm. it's really scary, but I'll go there because I know that it's something that I have to do. And I think, well, what's what's the worst thing that can happen? And really, in this world, we're so lucky to be born where we are and and everything mm. that you can really try and take those risks. There's a difference from being stupid or taking a risk. And, you know, you have to get all your ducks in a row and, you know, really check in with yourself. But, yeah, if, 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 there's, a, if there's a great idea and there's something that should happen... And I really feel it in my bones, in my heart, mm. and in my, in my stomach. I'll, I'll go for it. I'm really intrigued that when you took your four weeks to just be... Mm. I love that expression. I'm going to be using it. <laughs> for everyone who thinks I'm being lazy. I'm, I'm like, so no, no, self-indulgent when I talk about it now. I'm like, God, you lucky cow. Um, yeah. But I think it's interesting that the, um, the idea that came to you during that time was, yeah. it was about um, allowing people to completely switch off because yeah. we are... We've got so many push notifications. We, we're never not communicating with people. Yeah. Um, and it does. It, it, it's, we're the first generation, we're the first people who are really experiencing that, you know, mobile mm. phones, what have you. And we do need to take a break. Yeah. And do you think that, as well as what was going on with you, was it just all of the noise from other people and the, the day-to-day concerns or yeah. irritations that your friends had? I think it was. it was that. And I think... I just had to kind of take stock and go, look, where are you going? That like, I was just running away with stuff. And I, and I all, you know, coming up with ideas that weren't, really weren't me. And I was like, what, what are you doing, Alexi? Where are you going? You're all like, what is this? What's this thing? What, what, what are you doing? And I hadn't really taken a proper break since I left Virgin. So it was six years. Wow. Like, I had been on holidays, believe you me. I have some fantastic holidays, but... I hadn't really... I needed to be here mm. in this little nest we are now doing this interview in. I needed to be at home with no distractions and to just down tools. And I knew that that had to happen. 
because I couldn't hear, I couldn't listen. I couldn't listen to what I actually, who I was anymore or what I needed or wanted and what I loved about life, what really made me tick. And I needed to kind of realign with that. Mm. It was really important. And sometimes, you know, we fill our life ourselves with distractions in our lives so that we don't have to think about it. Mm. The phones, going out, you know, you know, not not for me, but for others, drugs, alcohol, um, relationships, other kind of addictions, anything that can kind of distract us from kind of looking inwards and going, what's up? Mm. What's going on? And, you know, it's human nature. We all do it. We all find ways of trying to kind of stop ourselves from really stop ourselves you know we can be in denial yeah and so for me it was just like I know something else is there and I need to find out what that is was it just you had anyone else commented or had anyone else no, nobody had? knew at all it was just something in me I was like I know there's something else out there that I need to do and I I need to figure I need to figure that out and there's lots of other things that, you know, that are going on too, but I can't talk about them in this particular podcast right now, but hopefully um, soon. But there are lots of other exciting things um, that we're doing. You know, I'm doing something with a friend where we're going to try and help evolve education and lots of other great things. But from that moment, from mm-hmm. that four weeks, lots has come out of it, which is great because it's really made me get back on track with what I, what's really important for me in my life. Um, you said that you do Pilates, but um, do you meditate? I do. Yes. I knew it. Do Yes, I do. I have. I've um, done something called Reiki for 20, about 20 years. Yes. Which, um, uh, is like, for me, is like a form of, of meditation. Um, and I did it because it, it kind of gets me in a zone the same as meditation, where it's just basically... You know, meditation's a funny thing because it puts a lot of pressure on people to sit for for half an hour or whatever mm. there's just got to be something in your day that makes you present I think mm. in my opinion and so even when you're washing up you're like if you if you wash up you know very presently okay I'm washing this plate um the water feels warm yeah, yeah. Well, it will bring you into presence and mm. so it'll it'll help you to have space to bring yourself together you know, you may play tennis, that's a great meditation. You might go for a walk in a park, that's a great meditation. Mm. Whatever it is in life that kind of brings you back to you is great. You know, people knit, people play football, people, whatever it is. But I do think it's just that moment, those moments that kind of make you go, okay, I'm here. And And meditation works, is incredible, and it works for so many people, but... If, if it doesn't work for you, then you're just going to get cross with meditation because you can't meditate. That's another thing to get annoyed about in life. That's true. So it's go for a walk, go for a run, do something that brings you back to you, mm-hmm. that is something that you that you love. I, I have a good friend who does Reiki, mm. and um, she has a brilliant blog, actually. I'll put the link in the show notes. But I'm, ki- I'm kind of constantly jealous of her because everything that she articulates, she's so... She's so far down the line, and I really I want to be where she is. I'd love to be. She's like very in tune with herself. She's mm. very calm. She knows how to switch off and um, yeah reset. Mm. 
And it does take a lot of work. Is it something that you keep practising at? Yeah, it's constant practice. Constant practice. It is, because it's not, not a constant practice where I'm, like, thinking about it. You know, I'm a very silly person. I have good humour. I go out. I'm, like, you know, I'm a human being. I like to get drunk, a party, all those different elements. Because mm. we are. That's, I'm a human. It doesn't mean you can't be those things, I think. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, I think, you know, life's for living, it should be full of joy when you can, Mm. you know, don't sweat the small stuff and and follow your dreams, basically. Um, But I do think, you know, and and going back to the question, yeah, I think it does take practice because you have to check in with yourself. Mm. Like, if I'm rude to someone, I'm like, which is very rare, hopefully, I'd be like, why was I like that? You know, that wasn't a very nice thing to say or... You know, why did you? Why were you like that? And then you're like, well, because this is this, and you can, you kind of know you just know yourself yeah, better. Yeah. You can kind of feel where you are in life, which is good. Excellent. Um, I, I'm going to get a meditation expert onto this podcast actually because yeah, that'd be fantastic. Because I want to do it. Mm. I suspect I'm just sitting with my legs crossed for ten minutes, <laughs> yes. thinking, trying not to think. Try, yeah, thinking about not thinking. Thinking about not thinking exactly. Mm. Which I don't think is the way, but I want to get someone in to kind of help me unlock and hopefully the listeners kind of unlock because it is so valuable. It's really valuable. And I think to find that in unlocking whatever that may be, some people go for acupuncture, Mm. you know, some people have a massage, a Reiki, there's so many alternative therapies out there. Reflexology is fantastic. In fact, Colleen, who owns Lucy Annabella, I think she's, she is incredible about what she knows about the body. Yeah. And, and you know, whenever she comes and stays here, she'll give me reflexology and I just zone out. You know, she's fantastic. And I think that's probably why her brand is so good mm. because she just, she's so passionate about the body and getting people realigned and, and obviously aromatherapy oils. She's amazing. And um, so you, once mm. you find your thing, like for me, exercise, Pilates, like all the way, like I love it. And once you find your thing, you know that it's your go-to thing. Mm. Um, at space with people coming and taking that um, break yeah is there a, a language or are there things that are coming up again and again and again that um, are stressing people out that they have to unravel while they're with you yeah I think what the beautiful thing about it is you know over dinner people were sharing their own stories and we were all there so a friend of mine that came she was on the beach and you know, she starts. They were like, "We're just all gonna, we're all gonna speak to Jeanette about her story." So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm coming down in a minute." So they were all sitting listening to Jeanette, and then there, there was more. There was like five people, ten people. You know, the whole they were, were just laughing and sharing, and they're like, "Wow!" You know, and once people, once once someone's vulnerable, or shows themselves their vulnerability, which is a very powerful, beautiful thing. Um, and they start sharing, other people do. And then you can laugh at yourselves and, and it's very therapeutic and organic, which is lovely and not forced. But I think the, a common thread is there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves that we should be the best at work, the best mother, the best wife. Um, we put ourselves in competition um, when we don't need to and uh, just life pressures we mm. really should learn to give ourselves a break because you know it's it, and, and you don't realise you're in it 
until you take yourself out of it mm. and then go on to something like space where you're just like, and breathe. It can literally start from, I didn't wake up with my alarm this morning, being angry, I'm a bit late for this, yeah. I didn't get a seat. And I see it, you see people coming to work sometimes and it's not even nine o'clock and they've already put so much, so many little layers yeah. of pressure on themselves. I mean, that's just on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Obviously, there are bigger things as well, yeah. but it's, um, it builds up. Yeah. And life can be stressful, you know. You know, it, shit happens in life and you have to deal with that. And you, you probably have to deal with that when you've got another a million and one things going on and you're mm-hmm. trying to, you feel like you're fighting all the time. And some of those things you don't actually need to fight. You can kind of let them go, really. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you just like accumulate all of this stuff and you just need to kind of figure out how to kind of let go of some of the stuff. Because so. don't sweat the small stuff is an expression that I've heard a lot. Mm. And like, I, I hear the words, and I know what they mean, but putting it into practice, impossible. Yeah. I find it absolutely... Well, it's just not... It's really not taking notice of it. Like, if you get up in the morning and drip, drop a cup of coffee on the floor, you've only dropped a cup of coffee on the floor. It doesn't mean you've had a bad day, right? It doesn't. Mm. Just pick it up, clean it up, put it in the sink, and, and detach from it. Yeah. It's only a cup of coffee. So it's... Perspective. It's perspective. But that takes practice. Yeah. Um, I, I still do it now. So. <laughs> with, with, if somebody was interested in Reiki, are, are there any books or any, anything that you would steer them towards? Well, I'm, I'm very quiet in my practice, actually, and I'm surprised I've even mentioned it in an interview. Um, I have got the most incredible Reiki master, and um, she came to me, actually, and... Um, you know, we do the Asui system of Reiki, and I think there's a Reiki alliance that you can go on on the web and see where you feel drawn to, and and you know maybe have a treatment, and if it suits you, do Reiki. If you if you're drawn to reflexology, do reflexology. Acupuncture, do acupuncture. And these are all things so that, different. You just got to find your thing. And these are all things that are available at, at Space. They're part of the. Um, Reiki's there anyway because I'm there. So. Um, and uh, acupuncture, no. Um, we mainly deal with massage and therapeutic massage with uh, Lucy, Lucy Annabella, as I mentioned. Um, we did have a healer there in in, um, in Anguilla, but whether we'll have one in October on Mosquito, I don't know yet. I'm just kind of seeing how it flows at the moment. So it's irregular. We with space, we will go to different places all over the world, and space is as kind of a place to go and be at the moment and then we'll probably do a space and see which will be around um the space experience and incredible water sports you know we'll, we'll do different we're creating a great community of people and a great network we'll share experiences together so mm. um there'll probably be two or three a year in different locations around the world and probably a lot of them in the virgin limited edition properties um we had two amazing villas in anguilla Le Bleu and indigo in February, um, which was incredible. And I think it's nice that it moves around mm. because it just means that the people that have been to space before in Anguilla will come to the one on Mosquito, then we'll probably do one in you know, Africa or wherever. And you're just creating this amazing group of people and these incredible experiences that probably won't always just be health retreats, mm. that will just move around the world and, and will create... And it's the freshness as well. Yeah. Of It's not just... They they're getting they're getting their sanctuary, but they're getting a slightly different sanctuary each time. Yeah, 
which is quite nice. Yeah, it is. And a new experience. Yeah. And we're all in it together, you know, which is, which is how, great. How big are the groups? Um, we'll probably have, well, there's 11 rooms on Mosquito Island, so there'll be 22 people. Yeah, so we don't really like to go more than that because... Obviously. Yeah, yeah. But we watch this space. Watch this space. As we say, because there's lots of exciting things happening. So, yeah. I'm excited. Well, we will do all the links uh, to space in the show notes. But if you wanted to sum it up for somebody, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, do I? Why should I? Is this for me? What would be... You'll know if it's for you because you'll be drawn to it. And the people that are at space are the people that are meant to be on space. It's an incredible experience. Um, but you have to be there to experience it. Mm. You know, and I, you know, it's, it's my baby. So obviously, you know, I, I love it, but and it is incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, on Mosquito Island, it's a very rare opportunity to mm. go there. And you usually have to hire the whole island to go and there. And isn't it something like... $50,000 yeah. a, a night. A minute, night. A, min- a minute, yes, a minute, no, a <laughs> night. And so this is $28,000 for two people for a week. And you can't do that with Mosquito Island. You have to buy the island. But if you come to space, you, you, you experience the island and you have the space experience as well. So it's like... A winner. Winner, a double whammy. It's, it, it's, and you, you'll leave feeling floaty and and wonderful. People still talking about it now that we're there in, in Anguilla. It's, it's a wonderful thing. When was the Anguilla retreat? Pardon? When was Anguilla? February. Yeah. Okay, oh wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, people are still on a floaty yeah. high now. Yeah, they, they do. They still get emails now. We've had the most amazing testimonials. And, you know, it's hard because I'm not really a seller. Mm. I, I'd rather be... You know, it's easy for me to kind of be all Dell boy about your own product, but <laughs> I wouldn't want that. I'd want somebody to come and love it and experience it and for us to just nurture them and and really, really show them, really show mm. someone what it is and for them to experience it and go away with a full heart and skipping back to wherever they, they're from. So, yeah. Well, that's exactly how I should be leaving this podcast today, <laughs> with a full heart and skipping. Oh, that's You've nice. got your heart like a pumpkin. Yes, I have. <laughs> that was such a great analogy. <laughs> um, thank you. And You're I more than welcome. I would love to have you back when you have more news to yeah. share, more excitement. I'd love to be back. That'd be amazing. Thank you. And um, I'm going to find out what your eyeshadow is, because I've literally been staring at it. Shall I tell before. you? Please. Charlotte Tilbury. Of course, it's Charlotte Tilbury. Of course, I bloody love Charlotte Tilbury. It. I'm just saying. I've nearly stopped the podcast three times. I thought I've got. I can't wait. I can't wait to find out. I have to know now. Yeah, Charlotte Tilbury. And then I. And then I actually thought at one point when you were talking, I started. I started thinking you were going to say, "Oh no, I haven't got any makeup on." And then I thought, "That's her skin." (laughs) I haven't got any makeup on. Oh. But I have got Charlotte Tilbury bronzer on. It's so pretty. Yeah. Okay, I'll find out which one. We'll put that in the show notes too. Yes, we will, yes. But for now, thank you for your time. Oh, you're welcome, thank you. Thank you. I love it so much and I feel... Thank you. I feel like I have been on a retreat. Good lass. Good lass. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Beauty Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Alexia. All of the links to Alexia and Sons and to Space will be in the show notes. 
Don't forget, if you want to sign up for my regular newsletter, please do head over to emmagunnawarner.com and it's also where you can email me and get in touch with the show. See you next time.